Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of The Porch Church. We hope today's message blesses you and encourages you in your spiritual journey. If you have questions, visit us on the web, www.theporchchurch.tv. At least that guy's having a good time, right? I feel like I want to go, like I want to go to his party, you know what I mean? Like the apartment's empty and I'm just like, I'll hang out with you, dude. Uh, hey, welcome to church this morning. We're going to have some fun, uh, hopefully a little bit. Before we get there, though, I was just reflecting uh, on that song that we just sang, and, and we were singing that chorus at the end, right? It is finished. And I was just processing through that, right? Because it's finished, and yet, and yet I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not quite finished, right? God's still working on some stuff with me. So what does it mean that our Savior died on the cross for us, proclaimed that it is finished, that we're redeemed, we're bought, we're paid for, even though I'm still in process, even though when it comes to arguments and shortcomings and areas of my life that I find myself going, I don't, I don't know that we're quite finished yet. And Jesus says, nope, it's paid for, it's done, even as we're in process. What kind of sacrifice is that that pays in advance knowing that the bill's not even tallied yet? Again, that doesn't mean that we should just sin that grace may abound, right? Paul talks about that in Romans, but I was just processing that in worship and I thought I'd share it with you. It literally has nothing to do with where we're going, what we're talking about. Uh, I just wanted to share my thought process with you. Maybe you find yourself there reflecting on Christ's finished work and yet our unfinished Nature, But today we're going to go a different direction. We are going to talk about uh, kind of what God's done in this past year. We're going to do some boring stuff. We're going to talk numbers. We're going to talk some statistics. There are some sheets on the tables that you're welcome to kind of peruse through, uh, depending on how interested you are in that. There's some more at the back, and so if you need one, uh, you can raise your hand, or the ushers will bring you one, or you can walk back there and find one. Um, but, uh, but we're going to be talking about some of those things because they matter. They may not be the most important things, but they matter, but that leads us to our questions. So as you are at your tables and maybe you found an opportunity to chat a little bit, what do you think matters most? What matters most when we come to this kind of thing and as we reflect over the year and we kind of talk about our little church family here, what's important, what's significant, how do we know, how would we know if we as a church are being successful in doing what God has called us to do? What you talk about at your tables? I heard something over here. What? Discipleship. Yeah, incredibly important. We've been talking about that and... uh Absolutely. Are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we being discipled? Are we discipling others? That's near the top of the list for me. Absolutely. What else did you talk about at your tables? Ooh, that air, that air conditioning kicked off and it got real quiet. Yeah, Nate. Community, right? We want to create a space for people to belong. I've really been reflecting on community and some of the conversations that I've been having. Uh, if it wasn't about community, y'all could watch uh, from at home online. Hello, online. Um, we got a, our sound guys are kicking butt back there. They're making it sound great online. We're now broadcasting in HD on Facebook. Woo woo! Um, but you all are here. That's significant. That's important that people drive here to come to a place where they can be around people that they know, where we can find fellowship, find community. That's a definite hallmark, not only of the early church, but of our church and of a successful church. Absolutely. What else do you think matters most when it comes to the things that we're kind of chatting about? Anything varied from that list? Nobody said money. I think that's a good thing. (laughs) 
right? Nobody said getting as many people in the door, which I also think is a good thing. Anything else come up at your tables? Outreach, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, right? Are we making a difference in the world around us, right? This is not a holy huddle. This is not a place that we just come and gather and all share a a shared set of beliefs. We think that God wants to do more outside of these walls than he does in these walls, and that's important for us as a family, and uh, we've been talking about that in the past couple weeks. We'll hit on that a little bit more today, but today we're going to talk about what matters, but to get there, we're going to share some stuff that kind of matters. Is that fair to say? Uh, so we are going to talk about some attendance, some numbers, some trends, those kinds of things, uh, but only because I think it's going to illuminate for us the things that actually matter and matter most, and because uh, I'm accountable to you for that information. So uh, again, for those of you who don't know, we're a part of a denominational family. Uh, we're a part of the Wesleyan Church, uh, which simply means that we're held accountable to a larger group of churches, uh, and that's why uh, I'm held accountable to that standard, your local board of administration is, and that we are accountable to share information with you and to get your feedback as far as it comes to budget and directional items, all those types of things. So that's why we take time to do this, to talk about it, to celebrate what God has done, uh, and to look a little bit forward, but that's what we're doing today. So let's start uh, at the most basic piece, our attendance. Uh, The averages for our last year, we averaged uh, 78 in worship, 38 in kids. Over 15% of our attendance is uh, is in kit, not quite, don't do math, all right? That's not going to be that kind of day. You just got to trust what's on the screen. Don't poke fun at me. Uh, 38 kids, 12 volunteers, uh, the average of 16 online, that's just one person, uh, which brings us to an average of 128 per week on campus, 16 online. That's uh, up a small percentage over the last year. Uh, Again, those averages vary. It lets us do fun things kind of like this. Let's look at uh, some of the highs and lows within those attendance. So the low actually is July 2nd, 89 in total. Huh, that's next week. Y'all should be here next week, so it's not the low. Funny how that works, right? Uh, highs that we see there outside of Christmas and Easter, right? We'll talk about those separately. Uh, we had 157 here on Thanksgiving weekend, which is kind of cool. Uh, maybe you had family in from out of town, and so that was one of our highs. And then January 7th is when we did baptisms, and we had friends and family in to celebrate that. Uh, and so that was another high point for us. Then let's go to Christmas and Easter. We did two services for both of these for the second year in a row. Actually, second year for Easter, first time uh, for Christmas, if memory serves me correctly. So we had 220 in service for Christmas and 256 in two Easter services. So uh, you guys, we, we talked about this like three weeks ago, like I like math. God talks to me through numbers. He uses those things. Those are important to me. So I think it's not, uh, not, it's worth noting that our average weekly attendance is 128, but on Easter, we literally doubled to 256. Uh, so here's what that tells me, right? As we talk about attendance, one of the things in Colorado, right, in Denver with the mountains and the front range and vacations and all those types of things is that while it's important that people are here, more often the people who call this church home and other churches home find themselves not necessarily in in church every single Sunday. Now, this isn't to guilt you or to shame you and to be like, you need to be in church every Sunday, but it's more to say that discipleship matters all the more for us. Not only how we hear about Jesus when we come together, but how do we equip ourselves to have healthy rhythms where when we're on vacation, when we're in the mountains, when we're camping with family, when there's something going on, that we're able to carry our walk with Jesus with us in those individual spheres, right? That our family is still led in a way that leads them 
to Jesus so that when we're unable to be at a service that we're able to still carry that with us. I think that plays out in Easter as well because even though we're in a largely post-Christian context, post-Christian culture when it comes to the Denver metro area, people are still open and welcoming an invitation to major Christian holidays like Christmas and Easter. So even though you may feel like the religion conversation is hard to bring up, it can be a little bit awkward, not sure if I feel comfortable, most people are looking for a place to go for Christmas and Easter. And again, they want a place to belong. They want a place to have community. They could go watch a service online, but that's not what they want, right? They want, they want an experience. They want to show up to something. They want to be a part of something, which is why uh, Pastor Greg and I, we spend a lot of extra time crafting those experiences because we want you to not only experience something, but we want our guests and people who may just be stepping back into church to feel a connection with what's being shared, not just hearing the same thing uh, that they heard last year. So these things are important, but as we all kind of have said, or by your silence have not said, these are not the most important, right? These are not the things that drive us. They're indicators of health, right? They're dashboard lights that as we're driving along the road that God has called us to go down that tell us if things are healthy or unhealthy, but they're not what's most important. Again, we're healthy in this regard. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to to have people come alongside us in that journey, but these are not the most important things that we talk about. So let's dive down a little bit deeper. This is a little bit more important, right? One of the ways that we do discipleship is in small groups, in life groups. So uh, our life group's average attendance that I have is about 20 per week. Now, shout out to my life group leaders. Some of you fill out your attendance regularly. Some of you do not. <laughs> and you get publicly shamed when that happens. That's great. If they're watching at home, it's going to be fun. Anyway, that made my day. That was just like, that was it for me right there. So average what we have for attendance is, uh, is 20. We have more than that. We have about 60 people on average signed up that are a part of a small group community. That means that they meet weekly, typically in somebody's home, although our men's and women's groups have met at different locations, coffee shops, breweries, those kinds of things. But these are opportunities for life-on-life discipleship. A lot of ours talk about the sermon from the past week, and we get the opportunity to talk about what we heard on Sunday, what we feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and then have a group of people that we get to walk through. So what, what am I going to do with how I hear God speaking, how I hear him acting in my life. So we had six life groups coming up. We've got one or two more that are going to launch uh, this fall, and so we're excited for those opportunities. If you're not connected in a small group, and maybe that's something that you're looking for those opportunities, uh, we'll be launching those back in September. Uh, Our heartbeat is that everybody has a community within this community, a small place to belong, and I even go so far as saying if you can't make it to church on Sunday, prioritize being a part of your small group. 
group because they're the people who are going to know your names, who are going to be able to walk through life together with you. Uh, and if you're not involved in a discipling community, then you're really missing out because one of the things that is important is discipleship, right? Is having people that we're accountable to regularly that we walk through, that we talk about our ups and our downs, our highs and our lows, and we're able to go, hey, this is what I feel like God is telling me, or this is what we're going through as a family. And small groups are a great way to do that. Because even though we're sitting at tables this morning, the opportunities that you've probably had to share something big that's going on in your life is, is probably at a minimum, right? We don't have time to get into those things, but at a small group, we really, really do. That last number there uh, I thought was interesting. This is something that uh, our denomination requires from us. They ask this direct question. So how many people are involved in a discipling relationship? And so I kind of chatted with some of my life group leaders. I reflected on other things. And so I could identify at least 40 adults, right, not including our kids, who are involved in a discipling relationship. Maybe that looks like one-on-one or a small group under three to five people uh, who are being worked on and who are there together just to talk about their walk in relationship with Jesus. Again, we could put all the numbers from small groups on there, but I think they're asking a little bit more nuanced question. I want that number to get bigger. And we talked about that with our vision for what God's calling us to, but that's a little bit just of a snapshot on discipleship. Discipleship is absolutely important. Again, I think that's one of the major indicators that God has put on our hearts as far as directionally who we're called to be. A couple other fun stuff on the next slide. Uh, We do an event called The Tour, which is our new guest event where we serve lunch and chat and get together, all those types of things. We had 46 people attend uh, The Tour this last year, 18 people added to uh, our partnership Uh, Coffee, we served about 1,986 cups of coffee. That's a very precise measurement. I counted them all myself. Uh, New guest gifts around 150, which is awesome. That means that there are people who've come and they've taken the step to at least receive a gift, which meant that they had some kind uh, of conversation. I'm encouraged by that number. Uh, Beard references, only 18. I feel like I'm slacking there. Sorry, I'll pick it up. Uh, Dad jokes, we did real good on that. We had the parenting series, and uh, I really feel strongly uh, about our dad jokes there. So um, again, all those things are fun. All those things are important to talk about, but they're not the most important. We heard service, outreach, I think specifically was said. Uh, This is a major, major hallmark, not only for me personally or us as a community, but I think that outreach, service into our community is one of the things that the world needs from the local church, right? Their opinions, most people who are either post-Christian, they went to church when they were little, or they're not currently interested uh, in spiritual things, would go, yeah, religion's fine so long as they just stay in their little box, right? As long as you just go and hang out on Sunday, freedom of religion, you can do whatever you want to do. But the problem is that that's their only opinion of Jesus and the church, is that it's just this thing that happens on Sunday. And so we're trying to find creative ways and opportunities to serve and bless and love the community around us. Not necessarily to go on the street corners with a bullhorn, right, and say, do you know Jesus, right? Um, I should have put the clip up there. Of like, You've seen where Jesus is like hiding behind the window shades, and it's Mormons come to the door, and they're like, have you found Jesus? And they're like, no, and he's hiding. But like, that's, that's kind of their opinion of it. And that's not what we want to do. We just want to find ways to love on our community because Jesus loves them. And because Jesus loves them, we ought to love them and find creative ways to just go, hey, we care about you. We, we care about what's going on in your life. We want to invite you to a fun place to hang out as a family with us. You don't have to believe the way that we believe. We just love you because God loves you. So service and outreach. We do an event called the Dollar Car Wash. We did this for the first time. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, we got some pictures to show you. We had 30 
39 volunteers, uh, over 29 cars washed, so we just did it here, and uh, we're planning our next event already for about uh, September. Again, as best I can recall, we had 29 cars. Uh, I didn't keep great records, so uh, I don't know how many we actually washed. But 29 is a good number, and... Um, uh, so you'll see some some fun pictures there as we're scrolling through. Uh, Dollar Car Wash is one of those creative ways where, so for those of you who don't know, uh, we advertise that it's a $1 car wash, which if you see a sign for $1 car wash, you're thinking, hey, I'd like to get my car washed for a buck. That sounds good. But then instead, we give them a drink. We offer them water, Gatorade, or a soda. And then when it comes time to pay up, we actually give them the dollar. And we say, hey, we just want to be a blessing to you. Thanks for letting us serve you. Uh, and so that's kind of the fun twist on the dollar car wash. And uh, it usually blows people away. Uh, we have everything from people get mad at us and like drive off like angry because we wouldn't let them pay a dollar. And uh, all the way to people bursting out in tears over something as simple um, as giving them a dollar. So it's a fun event. Uh, we'll be doing it again, looking a little little bit more towards this fall. I believe that it is September 15th, but a fun family event that uh, if you were at last year, you want to make sure, and if not, uh, definitely encourage you to be a part of that. The other way that we're really stepped up in service this last year uh, is with some of our outreach events, specifically at the school. So many of you know that we have a, uh, a learning center that meets 6.30 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday called CCLC, Centennial Christian Learning Center. And so we've been trying to partner an event that CCLC has done in the past called Family Fun Night, and we're trying to make it an all-family event, so we've been inviting the church to come and be a part of that, and our ultimate goal is to eventually invite the community to just say, hey, we're having a free family fun night. Uh, you're welcome to come. No questions asked. Just come and hang out with us. So we've had a couple great ones. We did the chili cook-off in addition to Christmas and the Easter party and then block parties, so we got some pictures there uh, to scroll through just as I'm talking, but we've been looking for your help as the church with serving at those events, so that frees up our teachers uh, to go around and be able to mingle with families, and as soon as we're at the point, which probably we're talking about this fall, uh, that we feel like we're offering a good product, then we want to invite the neighborhood, your friends, all those types of things, which you can invite now, your neighbors and friends, that's not a problem, uh, but we actually want to be able to go out into our community and say, hey, this is something that we want to do for you. We're going to have food, we're going to have games, it's a fun, safe environment for your kids. Uh, as we look at this area, right, everybody around us has kids because we're in Cherry Creek School Districts and we're close to like five elementary there are five elementary schools within like one mile of the church. Uh, so this is one area where we're going, man, we just want to provide and to reach out to those families to give them a safe place uh, to belong and to be a part of there. So uh, those were a couple fun events that we were able to do, and uh, we're looking forward to doing many, many more of those. Other service things that we've done, uh, we got to serve at Peakview Carnival, so we've been praying about this. Many of you know that we wanted to partner with elementary schools. We're having some more conversations about partnering with elementary schools for back-to-school supplies, for uh, Thanksgiving help, for Christmas help. So that'll be coming in the future, but we got to go and serve uh, at Peak Views Carnival. They asked us, hey, can you provide some volunteers? We got to do it. Uh, it was raining, it was cold, and I wear shorts. Uh, that's all that I remember about it, so that wasn't the best. But uh, other than that, it was a great night. Uh, we ended with more Easter eggs than we started with this year. I literally don't know how that happened, but I had to go and buy like tubs to hold the Easter eggs because we ended with more than we started with, which is awesome. Uh, we gave $920 as a community to World Hope for hurricane relief. Uh, you may be able to remember way back then, uh, but that's been a while. And then we're also partnering with an organization called As One which we've raised $1,300 for as one. Uh, that number is significantly lower, if you recall, what we budgeted for. We wanted to raise about $8,000 for as one. Uh, and so if you got a windfall on your taxes, I would love to talk to you. Um, and um, yeah, I'm having fun. Are you guys having fun? 
I'm talking fast because I don't feel like you are, and none of you laughed at my taxes joke. So uh, we'll add that to another bad dad joke, and we can throw that on the list. Uh, the pictures that you're seeing right now, you may remember that Henry and Globe uh, came from Tendo, which is the school that Aswan partners with in Uganda. He was able to come and go around to our classrooms, and now we have a classroom project where we're actually buying land for them to be able to grow food, and we're teaching our kids at CCLC and also your kids uh, in the kids' porch uh, that when they go to school, this might be the only meal that they get to eat, and we're providing them the ability to grow their own vegetables, to grow good good food to be able to sustain and nurture them so that their minds can grow. So you may have seen your kids come home with the piggy banks. Anybody have their kids come home with little piggy banks? None of you. That's interesting. I know that you did. If you didn't, talk to Miss Trista and they'll be coming up more. Um, but these are opportunities for us to give to that. So uh, we've got some great kids that have already raised their own money. We've got kids doing lemonade stands, some doing garage sales or bake sales. So if your kids have come home talking about that, sorry, it's our fault. Um, but, uh, but we're excited about what God's doing there and telling that story and uh, continuing to do, uh, to do that, to share the story of what God's called us to do and be a part of there uh, in Uganda. So that's some of our serving and outreach. We'll talk more about directions with that uh, as we get closer. Now, the all-important one, the ones that uh, we're most accountable for and everybody wants to hear about budget, right? Ooh, uh, so here we go. Last year, uh, we raised 180 $180,193. That's just with tithes and offerings. That's just what we've brought in together from you all. Uh, our weekly need for our budget was $33.69, and we, we exceeded that um, by, uh, with $35.35.38. Say that five times fast. Uh, yeah, you can clap for that. Thanks, Brad. And here's why that's significant. Um, when we set out a budget, there's always a stretch faith growth goal. So two years ago, our weekly budget was 2,800, and we increased that budget from 2,800 a week that we needed to 3,369. So by your faithful giving, by your ability to be faithful in what God has called you to do, we're able to do the things that he's called us to do, and, uh, and that's important. It's why we're able to do some of these outreach things that we've talked about. Uh, while we're at it, CCLC, uh, this may be new information to you. Up until a couple of years ago, um, we weren't able to really include you in the workings of CCLC uh, because of the hard work of our director, Miss Amy, our office manager, Miss Hillary. Uh, we're able to include them as well in this process. So uh, if you are curious about budgets for next year, those are those sheets that are attached. But last year, CCLC's operating was uh, $564,000 um, that they brought in and used to provide quality education. CCLC employs something like uh, 14 to 16 teachers, depending on seasons and all those types of things, and uh, had 138 kids enrolled this year. That's actually on the next slide that you'll see that information. But 138 kids, 138 families uh, who get to come here and to hear about Jesus, we say at CCLC that we want to ignite little lights for Christ. Uh, and so they're coming, they're hearing Bible stories weekly. We do daily and weekly worship. We do monthly praise days together as a church. Church. And so uh, whether kids are coming because they want that, we're the only program in our area uh, that specializes in those ways. And even if not, we're so affordable that we find people who may not believe the way that we believe, but they still want to bring their kids here because it's so convenient and so affordable. Uh, and those tiny little children get to hear uh, about Jesus every single day. Uh, and that's a really, really big deal. It's really, really important. It's something that we're pleased to be a part of. It's something that you're a part of by your faithful giving, your generosity. 
generosity um, by the things that you do. CCLC also uh, did fundraising on that last slide of $7,800. So when we invite you guys to, uh, to pizza nights, to go to the restaurants, to do butter braids, uh, all kinds of things, all of that fundraising kickbacks and comes back to the church. By the way, if you shop at King Supers, you can give, what's the percentage? 5% back, is that right? Uh, if you load up a little gift card. So if you want to make a phone call to the office, if you load up a gift card, 5% of all of your groceries can go back into CCLC, which we use for some of the improvement projects, for classrooms, for repaving the parking lot, all kinds of different things. Um, but CCLC is actively giving back to make this church a better place, and I just think that's uh, worth noting. So also on CCLC budget, I mentioned 138 kids. Uh, this was something we just discovered in staff that uh, in uh, the way that we budget and the way that things work, right, August kind of ramps up, summer we, we go down in Roman, then we kind of ramp back up, and so we swung from negative uh, $25,000 as far as our operating expenses in January to ending the year at CCLC $16,000 in the black. That's a $41,000 shift in like five months, um, which is just cool, and so if you are at CCLC, if you know any of the CCLC staff, uh, if you want to write a note or an email to Miss Hillary or Miss Amy and tell them you think they're doing a fantastic job, uh, you should do that because they are. Uh, one of the reasons that we were able to do that is we made some giant program changes at CCLC. Uh, so we tried to f- to minister to parents who are full-time working parents, which means that they need the care from 6.30 to 6 p.m. And so that meant that we scaled down our part-time availability and we scaled up our full-time availability. Uh, those were big changes for us. Those were big changes for our center and for our teachers, uh, and they've done that incredibly. Um, we've done praise days, which I didn't get pictures or videos up there for, but I have some that are on our Facebook page. Uh, Miss Trista, our children's director here at the porch, leads those uh, and does a fantastic fantastic job to the point that when they come in, we try to play the music out in the lobby and outside, and when they hear the music, when they come in, they like, like you can hear them yelling at their parents, like, it's praise day, it's praise day, and, and part of that is because Miss Amy had a fantastic idea that we do, um, I don't know if you guys know the curriculum that we use, it's called Orange Curriculum, but there's like a little owl guy, right, who comes along and he tells the stories, parents, you know what I'm talking about, Ollie the owl, some of you do, but uh, Miss Amy, our director, was like, we should get a stuffed owl, and I thought that was dumb. I was like, that, that's so, like, it's silly, and it's not worth it. And uh, now we have a stuffed animal that sits right up here on the table, and all the kids have to give it a hug every single praise day. Like, it's the highlight of their day that they get to see and hug and talk to Ollie the owl, and Miss Trista's there. And for Easter this year, they all got a little Easter egg in their box, in their take-home bin from Ollie the owl, inviting them to Easter. Right? Like, it's just little things like that that I think are silly, but they end up making huge kingdom impacts in their lives and in the lives of those kids. And I feel like you guys are so missing out on what God does here Monday through Friday. And I really want you to feel involved and encouraged in that. Whether you have kids in that age who may be coming and being a part of that or not, what God does here Monday through Friday is just as important as what He's doing here on the weekends. And you should be proud of that as you have conversations in the community, as you explore childcare options for yourself. Uh, This is your ministry. If this is your home church, if you're a part of this, and uh, you should be excited and passionate uh, about that. I already talked a little bit about the Tendo Partnerships, so uh, let's move on here. Uh, Before we get to budget and stuff, I want to go back to that big question, because I skipped over one data point, and there's a reason for it. When we talk about what matters most, when we talk about what 
God is asking for us. This next slide is where, uh, is where I'm currently heartbroken over. Uh, when it comes to salvations and baptisms, this past year, we have a goose egg for salvations. And we had two baptisms. Uh, none of this is shameful, right? I'm not trying to make us feel bad. I, I'm really just trying to own the fact that if we're going to say that we are a church, that we serve the kingdom of Jesus Christ, then, then part of that has to come through creating relationships whereby people who don't know God, who don't know Jesus, are brought into a relationship where they know him. There, there's no way to, to pull this punch, right? This is not acceptable. It's not acceptable for us as a family. It's not acceptable for me as your pastor. It's not acceptable for us to say that we're about doing God's business and to not have anything there. Now, I get it. The religion conversation is hard with neighbors. I get that it can be awkward. I get that it can be weird. I get that you're here just trying to find a church home. Again, not trying to put shame or guilt on any of this, but I am trying to put ownership on every single one of us. Because if we don't know people who need to know Jesus, then that's a problem. It's a problem if we don't know people who are far from God who need to be brought close. Right? We've been talking about that this entire series, that Jesus is hanging around with the sinners and tax collectors in Luke chapter 15. Right? He's close enough with people who are not like him. And that needs to be modeled in our lives. It needs to be modeled in my life. Again, we moved to Denver, and the number of non-Christians that I know is very, very few. And we try to set intentional barriers in our life where we step into those environments and step into those things because I don't want to be accused of only knowing Christians and only showing up to church. I want to be seeking and saving the lost because I think that that's what God has called us to do. Which gets to the budget and the vision for next year. So the 2019 budget for the porch, you can see uh, up there, uh, back two slides, Jim, sorry. Uh, the budget for the porch, 274, 795. Again, these are all printed. That means our giving needs to go up uh, substantially there, 11%. That may sound like a lot. Uh, it's pretty on the level with what we've been doing currently. CCLC budgets is the same. It's going up. Uh, and, and part of the ways that we're mitigating these things is, is some of the vision pieces that we've talked about. So we're asking CCLC to contribute more to the porch. Part of that is because we're building this classroom, the proposal for which is in front of you. And we want to take the profits that the school has, not only to keep it running and healthy and successful, not only to help run the porch, but we want to use this to fuel the vision that we believe like God has called us to. So if you recall, I think it's been three weeks back now, I, I let you into a little bit of what God has called us to do, to reach 10,000 people the next 10 years through disciples making disciples and churches planting churches, which a couple of key questions, we've addressed them a little bit today. Who's discipling you and who are you discipling? This plays into the salvation context. It plays into uh, the CCLC conversations, all of our budgeting things, all those types of things. But, uh, but as we close here, I'm moving, I'm moving fast here, and there's a reason for that. Um, I want to let you in on a secret. Uh, so we're going to kill the live feed. I just made the tech team freak out. We're not going to do that. Um, but don't, don't say this, right? So part of what we're doing is we're applying for a loan, which means the budgets in front of you uh, are not entirely reflective of what we want to be doing as a church. So you'll I, I remember when we were budgeting this process, which we start in about January, and I came to our board and I said, here's the, here's the proposed budget, and there's only one problem with it. The, the problem is that it's really, really safe. The problem is that all of these numbers balance everything that's in this budget we can do, and we can largely do without God. 
We can largely do without asking for anything, without putting ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. We can just keep the thing going. And I said, that's a problem. It's a problem for us. It's a problem for me as we lead this congregation. It's a problem because it doesn't help us accomplish what we feel like God has accomplished us or asked us to accomplish. And so we started having some months-long conversations about where do we feel like God's leading us? Where could we find and free resources? How could we restructure the relationship between CCLC and the porch and also with the building project and all those types of things? And so needless to say, not indicated on your sheet, but what we're actually moving very, very quickly forward to once we get the building project done and see those actual costs come in is that we're looking to free up $20,000 to be able to put directly into outreach. We're looking to actually make a dent in this and to go, if this is what we believe, if this is who God's called us to do, if we want to see the dial move on salvations and baptisms and we want to be closer to meeting non-Christian, that that means we need to be serving in our community. It means we need to find things that work and to do things that work. And so while that doesn't necessarily take a ton of money, it means that we're talking about potentially hiring someone to come in and be creative with us to go, hey, how can we do some things? How can we move some things around? How can we budget for to be able to do some creative outreach? reach options. So I want you to know that because it's not indicated on the budget that we've presented to you. And the reason for that is because we have to get approved for the loan first, right? If we're not approved for the loan and if I showed the lending agency, yeah, we're planning on going, you know, $10,000 isn't a plea for money. This is a thanks. Thanks for your gratitude. Thanks for everything that you've done. Uh, And as we continue to move forward, what God's put on your heart to give, these are the ministries that he enables us to be a part of and do. So we're going to take a break here. I'm going to invite the band to come up and I'm going to give you some instructions. So we're going to do a a quick worship song. and, And really this is just for those of you who Uh, either our guests or don't want to be a part of the voting process uh, or you're just uh, ready to be done. I don't know what it is for you, but you're just like, I'm out of here. So as we sing this song, you can feel free to exit. The ushers will be back there. You can drop your offering in the basket. Um, You do not have to go and pick up your kids if you're staying for this short 15-minute meeting afterwards. That's where we're going to walk through the voting, the ballots, all those things and those instructions. But (laughs) that was exciting. Um, So uh, your kids are going to be in a different classroom than when you picked them up because we're all going to put them together uh, just for this short meeting. And before you just blitz through that paper, you should listen. Um, But uh, if you uh, are are wanting to stick around for that, you're welcome to stick around. Otherwise, we're going to sing one more song and then stay seated and uh, we'll vote right after that. But but here's what I want to convey more than anything. Um, God's given us a big vision. The budgets and the things that we're putting in place are large projects, but they're going to help us accomplish that. The building project enables us to do what we think that God's called us to do. We'll talk through those details here uh, right after this song. But whether you're a guest or whether this is your church home or you're still looking for a church home, uh, this past year was good. It was really exciting. And we've got more things that God's bringing down the docket, more things that we'll be able to do. And I'm excited to continue sharing that vision, that burden, the opportunity to do that with you. So I know this wasn't the most exciting. I know it wasn't the most uh, perhaps uh, biblically uh, encouraging message, uh, but nonetheless, it's a piece of the journey that God's called us to do. And if this is your home church or if you're on the fence about that, then you are uh, hopefully welcomed and encouraged to partner with us as we continue going forward. I'm going to invite you to stand, and then uh, I'm going to pray for us as we sing one song quick before we get to the meeting portion. So Heavenly Father, God, uh, 
I'm grateful for the things that you've done, for the things that you've given us. God, I'm grateful for even this conversation that while it's a little bit of the nuts and bolts, a little bit of behind the curtain, that God, you're still in it, that you're still honored, that you're still glorified by the work that you've called us to do. God, you didn't just put us here to come and hang out together uh, on Sunday. God, you've called us to a mission to do something bigger than ourselves, to stretch and exert ourselves in order that people might hear you. And God, if anything else has been made clear uh, in the stories that we've been telling the past couple weeks is that you're after the lost. God, you're after those people who are far from you, whether it be a sheep or a son or a coin. And God, we want to be about that as well. So God, help that to be reflective not only in our worship and in our gathering together, God, but help it to be authentic in our practice and in our worship and in our budgeting and in all the things that we choose to be a part of. God, that you'd be glorified and honored by the things that we do and the places that we're called to reach and that you would find yourself a home here where people are coming to know you, where people are coming into new relationships with you. God, would that number be different next year because of this conversation and this meeting? Heavenly Father, we love you. We're grateful that you've called us into your service and we ask and pray now, God, that you'd be honored by our worship and by all of the things that we give to you. It's in your name that we pray. And all God's kids said, 